How are we doing, Wolfpack Nation? It is Pack Center, your home to all things Wolfpack sports. It is your host, Austin Paschke, joined by my co-host, as always, Tyler Seth. And it is a good day to be a Pack fan. We have a lot of fall sports that are succeeding right now. And let's start off with the arguably the most successful sport right now on campus, and that is volleyball. Volleyball is off to one of their best starts in recent memory. I tried to do the research. The UNR scheduling page only goes back to like 2006 and their record, but they have the best start since that time. So that's Solid. that's pretty good. So about 13 years in the making, they have their best start. They are currently 10-2 after this weekend at the Nevada Invitational. They beat Southern Utah on Friday, three sets to two. Gonzaga on Friday as well. Three sets to zero, and then they beat Cal Baptist on Saturday, three sets to two. Not exactly like we envisioned. We thought we were, they were going to maybe sweep and only lose like one set, but hey, they still swept, but they lost four sets in the process. I personally thought Gonzaga was going to be their hardest game, but that turned out to be the easiest game of the weekend. It turned out Cal Baptist was their hardest game of the weekend. Cal Baptist actually went on to beat. Southern Utah and Gonzaga as well. So it was kind of like a championship game there on Saturday, and Nevada pulled out the W. In both of the matches on Friday, Nevada held the opponent below a .13 hitting percentage and did not allow more than eight total blocks on the night. Nevada, however, combined for 24 total blocks on their own. And then in the last game against Cal Baptist, who turned out to be the second best in the tournament, Daylin Burns recorded another double-double to her name with 53 assists and 14 digs, while Kayla Afoa had 20 kills and 14 digs. Joining Afoa with double-digit kills is Robbins with 17 and Souza with 13. Mandalay Renan and Afoa both also tallied two service aces. Kayla Afoa is, I guess not even secretly, she's just probably the best one on the team. Yeah. Two weeks in a row getting the Mountain West Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, she was the MVP of the Nevada Invitational. She is just, she's an animal. I mean, she's by far the best one on the team. She is continuing to do what she does best day in and day out and is really a big part of this 10-2 uh, team. They improved 10-2 on the season, like we said. Best start since, you know, when the data was up around 2006. They went 9-3 in 2016. That was kind of arguably their best start as well. But now we're in the conference. Now we're, now we're in the thick of things. We play Fresno State to start off our first game, and then we come back home, I believe, against San Diego State. So, I mean, we're playing pretty well uh, volleyball right now. I, I think we're probably one of the top teams in the Mountain West. How do you think this will carry over into the Mountain West uh, conference? I mean, it's going to be tricky because – Although they do have a lot of momentum, it's we're going to be playing a little bit better competition now that we're in Mountain West play, and there's been some other volleyball teams in the Mountain West that are playing extremely well right now as well. So it's going to be tough for the girls. Definitely going to have have to have a little bit different mindset going into Fresno, um, knowing it's probably not going to be a cakewalk. They're going to have to battle. They're going to have to fight, um, and they're going to have to play their best and um, you know to get the job done. But yeah, they're just on fire right now, especially Kayla Fo. It's crazy to see what this team's doing when all the all the hype was kind of on football and other sports and now volleyball is really stepping up into their own here and trying to make a name for themselves on campus 
Yeah, like we said, Kayla Foa, the Honolulu native, was named to the all-tournament team as well, being named the MVP of the weekend. She sits second on the team with 171 total digs while ranking eighth in the Mountain West Conference. Nevada has a squad that ranks first in the Mountain West in digs with 793. New Mexico sits second with 644. So we outnumber them by like 150 yeah, digs. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, so our team is currently on pace to be something special. Do you think they can win the Mountain West Conference title? I mean, that would be something pretty astonishing. But I think with their non-conference schedule, what they're showing is that they can uh, – they can be in the uh, conversation to win the uh, Mountain West t- title. I think they're definitely deserving and very possibly, you know, winning the Mountain West title. You know, having this great start, having all this momentum on their side, it's going to be huge for them coming up, especially in Mountain West play. We're going to have to see, though. Like I said, Mountain West play is a little bit different than what we've been playing, but I think the girls are on fire right now. And when you're feeling, you know, good about your team and good about everyone around you, it just kind of builds up on top of each other so it's going to be really interesting to see but I think they should at least be in the conversation now I think they've definitely earned that right yeah I think so too they they should definitely be in the conversation they are one of the top teams in the Mountain West they are showing that through their non-conference schedule and they are something to watch we told you guys to get out there we weren't lying this is a special team that can do special things this year but looking ahead Thursday not too far away we travel to Fresno California to take on the Bulldogs before returning home to take on San Diego State on Saturday, September 28th at 1 p.m. We know that there is a football game, but it is not till 7.30 on Saturday, so you definitely can get out beforehand, have some fun at the volleyball game, pregame a little bit for the football game, and get out and see some good, good volleyball. See a team that's really putting on and is doing something special in the Mountain West. So Thursday, Fresno State away, and then Saturday at home against San Diego State. Mountain West Conference play starts. That will be interesting to watch. It will be fun to watch. And now we're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to throw football in here to break up the uh, other sports besides football for a little bit. We saw a little bit of a surprise in that first couple snaps. I think two or three snaps went by before we were like, wait, that's not even Carson. No. I mean, the camera angle was pretty right. terrible. Oh, but yeah. But, yeah, it took it us. It was like 400 feet up in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> it took us a little bit to figure out that Carson was not actually under center. It was Christian Solano. Right, yeah. And um, I talked to someone on the football team today, and he said that they actually knew the entire week. They just did not let anyone know because UTEP was thrown for a little bit of a loop scene. Christian Solano under center besides Car- or instead of Carson Strong. I guess after the... Weber State game, Carson Strong was x-rayed. I guess they were saying he was a little banged up. He They didn't want to risk anything against UTEP, who, were, who was the second-worst team in the uh, nation, that second-worst FBS team. So they wanted to go with Christian Solano. And ultimately, we also saw Malik Woo! Henry. Yeah, we did. Only for two series, though. He was pretty impressive. Um, he was taken out. After Caleb Fossum fumbled that long, um, it was kind of like a scramble. He saw him downfield. It was like probably a 30-yard pass or so. 30. It was like 20. I think yeah. it was closer to 20. So, but it was a really good pass. He kept the play going, showed us his feet a little bit, showed us how he can throw on the run. Um, ultimately, like we said, it was fumbled by Caleb Fossum, but ultimately a really good showing by Malik Henry and Christian Solano. Christian Solano, we will touch on later, performed really well, and I think – 
The Wolfpack supporters appreciated that. He was able to show with what his legs could do as well. He was not scared to run the ball. That is for dang sure. But the Pack were able to move the ball against UTEP. They outgained UTEP 403 to 278 total yards. Norvell touched on how the Union was doing a little bit better this game. They gave up zero sacks against UTEP and gave the QBs a a pretty nice pocket to throw from. Uh, It had helped that the quarterbacks were a little bit more mobile than Carson and they were able to move around in the pocket a little bit, extend some plays, and ultimately, yeah, zero sacks. The Union is doing better. We had, I think, only a couple penalties, um, or I think only one penalty this entire game. So it was it was pretty good. How do you think the Union did against UTEP's defense line? I think they stepped up and they gave the quarterbacks a really nice, uh, really nice pocket to throw from. Yeah, I agree. They uh, they definitely heard the criticism from yep. that uh, the last game here. Mackey came out strong, came out, gave a good pocket, uh, gave good running lanes to our running backs, especially. Christian, who was able to get out and scramble for 100 yards or something like that. Um, So definitely big ups to them. They definitely came through this game against UTEP. It's going to be interesting to see how they fare against Hawaii this upcoming Saturday, though. But all in all, definitely an upgrade for the Union this week. Yeah, they definitely upped their game. Like you said, the criticism was loud. It was ferocious. But I think they stepped up. They quieted the haters at least for a week. And... um, they're going to show us, like you said, how, how we can do against the Rainbow Warriors, who is a very different team than UTEP coming up on Saturday. Christian Solano, though, very impressive, as we touched on, went 13 for 19 with 182 passing yards, two TDs, only one interception, which, I mean, is pretty good for your first collegiate start this year. And um, he threw his first two collegiate touchdowns in this game as well. So, I mean, all around... He's still, even though he's a senior, he's a he's a new senior. You know, he doesn't have a lot of playing time yeah. under his belt. So it was good to see him get out there and, um, you know, pretty impressive. Uh, 13 for 19 is pretty good. Two TDs, you'd like him to erase that INT, but it was kind of reaching your hand too many times that cookie jar with that uh, back shoulder fade with Elijah Cooks. Yeah. I think it was two touchdowns in a row, and they're like, we might as well go for it again. And uh, through that of the pick. first half. Yeah. Just threw it up in the corner of the end zone, hoping right. Elijah would come down and make a play. But Hey, but it worked before Elijah is an animal, and he you never know what he can come down with. Christian also led the game on the ground. He had 10 running attempts for 100 yards, like you said. He had a long run of 47 yards in that uh, third quarter to give the offense a shot in the red zone. Uh, they couldn't convert, though. They were held to three points, but he still showed really good athleticism running down the field extending plays, not taking a sack. It was pretty impressive. He threw his first and second TD of his college career, as we said on Saturday. And he is Nevada's first 100-yard rusher on the season, which I don't know if that's impressive on his part or bad on the Wolfpack's part that we haven't had a 100-yard rushing game by anyone yet. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm leaning towards bad on Wolfpack's part right, because a lot of those were just random scrambles yes. that he had to get out of the pocket. Yes, exactly. And if you would have told me before the the season started that the first 100-yard rusher in a game is going to be Christian Solano, I probably would have laughed in your face. And that comes and, four games yeah, into the season? Yeah, and I would have laughed in your face because we have the reigning Mountain West Freshman Player of the Year at Toa Tawa running the ball, but he has yet to have a 100-yard game. Kind of slow start to the season, but I think it's everyone really doing what they need to do to help the team win. Malik Henry, as we said, was pretty solid in his first time uh, in the Wolfpack uniform. It was fun to see 
when he caught in, everyone everyone uh, was like, oh, my God, Malik's in. Hold your breath. You know, what's going to happen? Yeah. But, um, yeah, he did, he did pretty well. He went two for two, 21 yards in his limited playing time. He actually ended the game under center when they were um, – I think they took a knee. Yeah. So, yeah, Take he was under knee. center, and uh, that was cool to watch. You know, see Malik Henry going in there. Now we have three healthy quarterbacks going into Hawaii. We will touch on that in the later episodes to see, you know, how that's really going to work out. It will be interesting to watch. Solana was the leading rusher on the day, but Toa was the leading rusher from the running back position. He had 43 yards on 10 carries. He, he had a touchdown, though, which was nice. Kelton Moore had two TDs to up. Toa by one. He only had 34 yards on eight rushes, though, so definitely the red zone back in that situation. Elijah Cooks, though. Cookies had a big game. Animal. He was a cookie monster Saturday. He he wanted to play, and he wanted to get his touchdowns, and what he wanted to do is what he did. He had a huge game receiving four passes for 82 yards and two TDs. He only caught four passes, though, which was watching the game, it didn't see like yeah. it's, It seemed like he was in the game, like involved in the game almost every single play, but he only caught four balls. I agree. It felt like he was kind of the dominating right. receiver, and then you look at the stat sheet, yeah. he only caught four passes. But, yep. I mean, there were four huge passes in that Definitely. game. Yep. So. Two of them for touchdowns. Caleb Fossum was right behind him, though. He caught four passes of his own for 46 yards, and then Toa had that one long screen pass for 41 yards. So, And that was another reason. I thought Toa got involved more than this uh, his, uh, 43 yards, but he had that 41-yard screen pass reception and um so that was that was one pass that i was like oh here goes toa you know yeah. what i mean watching him roll down the field i mean he's a versatile back yes. i mean you see him we saw it a lot last year too with him coming out of the backfield uh, either on a check down or on the design screens like we saw on uh on saturday um where he can really catch the ball and he's really good um route running and coming out of the backfield and making plays uh, i think just get the ball in his hands as much as possible and Toa's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to make plays for sure. He's a true modern back. Like, he can really honestly yeah. do anything. He can catch. Kind of like a Christian McCaffrey in yeah. the NFL. Yeah, Kind of like that dual threat. Yeah. You can't really, like, let him go on pass plays. And he'll run you over. Oh, yeah. yeah if you don't come downfield, he's going to run you over. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Christian McCaffrey's a pretty good uh, comparison, I feel like. He, yeah. got, he can kind of do everything. But overall, the offense did pretty well for kind of meshing with well, I know Christian Solano obviously gets a lot of uh, playing time on, on the practice field, so it's not like they're playing together for the first time. But, you know, meshing mid-game, it's kind of hard to do. Yeah. And the offense did pretty well working with uh, Christian under center for a long time. I liked it a lot. The thing I liked most that we were talking about kind of last week was red zone. Yeah. We said they need to finish drives. They finished five of six of those red zone chances with touch or with points. Excuse me. Um, six of ten on third down. So a lot of those woes that we were kind of – Harping on them having um, last game last Saturday was we're definitely kind of fixed for the moment. Hopefully we can continue to see that conversion in the red zone, definitely. But, yeah, very impressive game from a lot of the offense. I feel like we were, like you said, really clicking. And I think this week having Christian taking those kind of um, starter reps really helped out a lot as well. Yeah, and, you know, that was that was a really good point. Up until this game, we were atrocious in the red zone. So maybe this is the week where we can just visualize ourselves doing it. Like, okay, we did it against UTEP. Let's do it against Hawaii. Yeah. You know, every time we go in the red zone, it's not going to be like, oh, crap, we're in the red zone now. Like, no, we're, we'll, we'll punch it in. We don't have to rely on our MVP. We don't have to rely on Talton all, every week. You know what I mean? But uh, Talton, you know, I think he's still the GOAT. He's still oh, the yeah. GOAT. He is currently 9 for 9 for field goals, even though the extra point was blocked. 
He's still nine for nine for field goals, though. So it yep. doesn't matter. Still got to go. He is tied with only one other kicker. The Tennessee kicker is nine for nine as well. So they are both a hundred percent for field goals with nine kicks. Pretty good for a freshman when you're tied with a junior for nine for nine on the field goals. A hundred percent. It's pretty good. He's still our MVP in our eyes, but the offense might get the second MVP of the week. You know what? No, probably third because next up is our defense. Oh, the defense. They stepped it up. They had a really good game holding a pretty good run-heavy offensive team to only 162 rushing yards, held them to 116 passing yards, and had three INTs. Holding them to 116 passing yards, you could say, yeah, whatever, it's UTEP. But, I mean, UTEP was had to throw most of the game. They yeah. were behind for a while, and then they were ahead for a little bit in the game. But then once we tied it up, took the lead, they had to throw the ball. They tied it back up at 21, and then we took the lead again. They had to keep passing. So holding them to 116 passing yards is pretty good. The three picks are is definitely really good. And some people that got their first pick, Tyson Williams, had his first pick. Lawson Hall and Jordan Lee all had their first INT of their careers, which is pretty impressive. Tyson Williams had a game. Yeah. 11 total tackles, one pick, like we said. I mean, our DBs are playing awesome as of right now against Weber State and, of, and against UTEP. We'll see how that goes against the pass-heavy Hawaii team. But as of right now, they've kind of stepped it up. Uh, Jay Norvell talked about it at the press conference as well is like he said you know, look we know we, we know what's been talked about about our secondary and we've stepped it up but these past two games they played well and yeah. I agree with them they've they've played really well in these past two games we now ranked 91st in the nation for fewest passing yards allowed per game I think we were like 115 or yeah. something like that last week so definitely moving up as we you know keep holding these teams to minimal amounts on the uh, passing game I mean you love to see it i yeah, like you said, Tyson Williams, probably the game of his young career so far. 11 total tackles, had the INT, returned it for 14 yards. Dom Peterson had a, uh, an amazing game as well. Nine total tackles, uh, seven assisted with two of those being solo and also had a big sack. Um, Lawson Hall again, eight tackles. You have E.G. Muhammad with six tackles. So a lot of people stepping up um, on this defense that – kind of weren't talked about a lot in the beginning of the season. You know, it was a lot of Lucas Weber. Yep. It was a lot of Gabe Sewell. Dom was definitely in that conversation yeah. for sure as well. But a lot of these dudes are stepping up on defense that um, when, you know, Lucas or Gabe aren't having the best of games tackle-wise, um, there's other people flying around the ball around them, and that's amazing to see. Like you said, the three INTs are absolutely awesome. You love to see it. I think every time we picked the ball off, me and you – watching the game just went crazy because yeah. we you know couldn't believe there was another interception and you know a lot of great reads by the DBs and props to them you know they're really coming in their own but I agree with you I think Hawaii is going to be the real test for them yeah. this next week and it's a young group so seeing them get interceptions and seeing them play well is good to see because you know that it could be sustained for a long period of time like this young group can play like this for not only this year but the following years as well because they are so young so it's really it's really fun to see them play together. A couple of the names that, like you said, weren't talked about in the beginning of the season. One of them's Lawson Hall, who I think led the linebackers crew against Weber State in total tackles. Mm -hmm. He was up there again t this week against UTEP in total tackles. He had his first INT. 
Lawson Hall's secretly coming into his own as a middle backer as Gabe Sewell's kind of staying there out there on the outside. And uh, Lawson talked about it today in the press conference saying how, you know, Gabe is just a player. Gabe can play anywhere. And them two together is really a dynamic duo. And I like seeing them play together. Lawson's an animal, and we all know what Gabe Sewell can do. But And then Tristan Nichols, a Dean lineman who not a lot of people talked about um, coming into the game. But he had two sacks in the game, contributed to our four total sacks of our defensive line. That was something we talked about coming into the game was UTEP lets up a lot of sacks, and how many can we get in this game? Well, we got four, which is pretty good by our defensive line. Tristan Nichols contributed two of those. Dom Peterson, like you said, had one of those. Dom Peterson has at least one tackle for a loss in the past five straight games and seven of his last eight games, which is a crazy stat to think about. He lives in the backfield pretty much. And he finished the UTEP game, like we said, with one sack and a career high of nine tackles. Our defense truly came to play. If uh, one person doesn't get the MVP, I think it should be our defense because they came out to play. And then special teams, last but not least, like we said, Talton is still the GOAT. That blocked uh, extra points kind of concerning, but not too concerning, I would say. It's not like a re- reincurring theme. It's just one. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put a lot of thought into it. Right. I mean, you're going to have a slip up on um, blocking once in that you know in that time period and course of a whole season so yeah. um it was just unfortunate for us it was a block kick but good thing it was only an extra point so it's yeah. really not a big deal it was one instead of three so we'll take that i guess if you are looking at the bright sides yeah and then quinton conway obviously our leading punter um still punting away the ball that rugby style but it's still working uh we're still getting you know decent defensive field position holding teams inside their 20 and um, it's helping on our defense a lot so that was a pretty good game against UTEP, I would say. Overall, that was a pretty good game, but it did, it was a slow start. How do you think we played against a really struggling UTEP team? Yeah, uh, the first quarter, I think we were both a little disappointed yes. in how that went. Um, yeah, just we, were, another... we, were, we were vocally disappointed. Again, We were against the TV, like, screaming at it in yeah. the first quarter kind of stuff, but, you know, it got better. It did get better, and it got a lot better, and it kind of got better quickly it's just kind of concerning that we are getting off to these slow starts yeah. against these teams you know when we start playing some of the better mountain west teams we can't have those slow starts anymore mm. we have to we have to be ready out the gate we have to be ready to go and um i don't know that's something that's kind of hard to fix it's kind of sort of a more mental thing than anything um maybe the guys just need to get a couple more hits in before the game you know kind of wake them up a little bit but Another slow start, but overall, I think it was a good game for us. We scored 37 points, which is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, not having Carson Strong in there, having Christian step up a ton was awesome to see, and it's really a good sign to see when your backup quarterback can uh, play a game like that. So it's really awesome to see that. And then also getting a little taste of Malik as well. I know a lot of fans loved that. We saw the buzz on Twitter. It was, you know, as soon as he stepped on the field, it was absolutely amazing. So... Overall, a good game for Nevada. There are a couple takeaways that we could dissect, but I think uh, they played well this week and they got some momentum uh, coming back to Mackey. Yeah, it was a slow start. We scored zero points in the first quarter. I forgot to even say the final score. I apologize, guys. We we won 37-21 if you guys weren't watching. Hopefully you guys were. But, yeah, that second quarter, though, that really we really came alive. 21 points in the second quarter. I think it was most scored since Colorado of last year, if I read the notes correctly um so it's pretty impressive that we can score like that in bunches but that first quarter was a little bit disheartening 
Coach Norvell said they are starting Carson against Hawaii. He is our QB1, but that leads into the conversation we will have on Friday, but I want to touch on it here. How short is the leash for Carson Strong, especially after Christian Solano playing so well and Malik showing that he can definitely hang with these guys? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think it's – I don't think it's too, too short. I think that the team really still loves Carson as their QB1. And I think there's two veteran guys behind them that kind of understand if, you know, if we're winning games, they don't really need to see the field. I think it's kind of past that for them at this point to get, you know, super awesome playing time. I think they're going to definitely put the team before them. But as a young quarterback, it's going to be tough because you don't want to – kind of hurt his confidence by just yanking him out of the game whenever he makes a little mistake and having him really kind of doubting everything he does on the field. So it's going to be tough. I don't think the leash is too short, but, yeah, it's we'll, we're going to see how Jay feels about this on Saturday. But I think it could go either way, honestly. Yeah, well, like I said, we'll touch on Friday, but I think the leash is shorter now that we are in conference than it was when we weren't in conference because now games mean something. Now it's not just, oh, okay, we got ble- we got beat 71 points by Oregon. It doesn't mean anything. Like, no, these these games matter now. We are fighting for a Mountain West title, and, you know, I think his, his lease has to be shorter than it was in the beginning of the season. But that is it for our UTEP recap. We will touch on the preview game for Hawaii on Friday, so stay tuned for that. But into some more other sports that we can touch on. Soccer lost another close game to UC Davis. They lost, again, only 1-0. We are now 1-6 on the season. We have let up nine goals in seven games. I will keep saying it because that is incredible that we have let only we have only let up nine goals in seven games, but we are only one in six on the season. We had the ball for most of the game. We had the ball for seventy three percent of the contest. Outshot the Aggies eleven to nine. We also had five corner kicks compared to their three, but yet still couldn't put it in the back of the net. The game winning goal came by Janae Gonzalez in the second six minutes into the second half, but it was a penalty kick. So a little hard for Stovall to save that one. She can't save everything. It's no. humanly impossible to save everything. But freshman Gabby Brown currently ranks second in the Mountain West in shots per game with an average of five shots per contest. So, I mean, while we do have shots, they're not really going in the back of the net. But, you know, there is room to improve. Kendall Stovall recorded four saves in the afternoon, including a spectacular diving effort in the second half to tip the ball wide of the goal. This came just minutes after the penalty kicked, so the save kept Nevada in the match for the remainder of the contest, but like we said, they could not convert a shot to make a goal, and they lost 1-0. 79% of the pack's time with the ball was on the attacking end, and they spent only almost a fifth of their time with the ball within the 18-yard line of UC Davis. So it's not like they just had the ball in the middle of the field the entire time. These girls were trying to put it in the back of the net, just wasn't working out. Nevada will now move on to Mountain West play. They play this Friday, September 27th, in Mackey Stadium. Welcomes Boise State, who is probably the best team in the conference, so that's a rough way to start off in Mountain West. They're 8-1 on the season. They are killing their non-conference teams, like 4-1, 3-0, that kind of stuff. This may be a rough one come Friday. Yeah. um, 
a little bit. I mean, it's tough for the girls that you know are losing all these close games, and now they play the yeah. probably the best team in the Mountain West yeah. in their opening Mountain West game. Probably going to be a tough one, but I, like you're saying, it's. <laughs> I mean, I know we sound like a broken record, but it just keeps happening, yeah. and it's kind of magical that it keeps happening, and it's this close, but we keep losing. Now it's good to see we are getting more shots on goal. Uh, I know that was kind of an issue earlier in the season where we weren't really getting a lot, but now we're starting to outshoot teams. Now it's a matter of those shots finding the back of the net, like you said. But, yeah, another crushing one to UC Davis. Um, you know, we have possession. We just can't kind of do anything with it at this point. It's just really hard to kind of see this, you know, coming week in and week out. We talk about it, and, you know, we just want to see them kind of squeak out one, but it's just – you know, they're doing their best, and, you know, they're losing in close games. Um, Kendall Stovall, again, being the stud that she is, yeah. you know, playing out of her mind right now. It's going to be a tough one for Boise State. Yeah, I don't I don't see us really winning that game. Hopefully we can keep it close, though, like we have been. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. And like you said, we are hurting for a win over here. We want them to win so badly. They're just one – there are a couple goals away every single game yeah. from winning these games. But it's going to be a, a tough one on Friday. Do you think that they're going to be able to squeak out a win? No. I, I think, think so I want to say we only lose by a couple goals. Uh, I think they still kind of keep it close. But it's, I mean, it's a really good Boise State team that we're playing. And with us not playing our, at our peak right now, it's going to be it's going to be tough for the girls. But, you know, I hope they prove us wrong. But I don't see them winning on Friday. Yeah, we'll break it down fully on Friday. But, yeah, it's going to be a really hard game. To play, this is a really good team that's coming into Mackey. So it's something to watch, too, though. If you guys want to go out and see a really good game come on Friday against Boise State at Mackey Stadium, we will give that full preview coming on Friday. But then let's dive into some golf. Both men's and women's golf are playing today. Women's golf are, is currently playing in the Corre d'Alene Collegiate Invitational today and tomorrow in Idaho. That's a pretty good first try. Nail it. I usually butcher names and everything first yeah. try. That was a pretty good one. 16 team field. Nevada will square off with a mix of familiar faces as well as some new competition next week, such as North Florida, Florida Invitation International, excuse me, and North Dakota State. Fresno State is the only other Mountain West team entered in this event, so at least some familiarity there. The lineup will remain the same as the PAC season opener where the team scored a top 10 finish at the Dick McGuire Invitational in New Mexico. Sophomore Danny Ujimori will play at the number one spot next week, followed by senior Caddy Rutherford, sophomore Victoria Galley, senior Jenny Cross, and freshman Leah John. Live scoring is available at golfstat.com if you guys want to... Take a look and watch this women's golf team. They did pretty well in their first competition, so it'll be interesting to see how they finish in this one. They had a top 10 finish at the Dick McGuire Invitational. There's 16 teams here. Hopefully we can get a top 5 finish or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. But we will be able to give the full recap on Friday. They're currently playing today and tomorrow in Idaho. And we'll be able to give you guys a full breakdown of women's golf on Friday. But men's golf... Yep. Who is currently probably fighting with volleyball as most successful sport on campus right this minute. They're playing right now, today, Monday, right now, like right now, right now. As we are recording, right this very second. <laughs> against Oregon State at the Wolfpack Shootout here locally. 
all-day event. No scoring updates. They don't have, like, a live scoring updater at Golfstat or nothing. So just kind of when it ends, we'll we'll let you guys know on the uh, Twitter page. But we will also be breaking this down fully on Friday. Players to look out for, though, I think we have a couple names in mind. The Sam duo, Sam Harned and Sam Meek, who both had a really good Starting tournament, Sam Harn won the entire Badger, Badger Invitational, while Sam Meek finished with a top five finish at the Husky Invitational. So these are some good golfers who are playing right now. I think we can get this dub today at uh, versus Oregon State because it is at Montreux. It is at our home course. We know how to play there. It should be familiar to us. So hopefully we can get that dub. But we will be able to let you guys know on Friday. But this men's golf team is doing pretty good. Yeah, they're they're really stepping up in this early season. Um, like you said, the first tournament I think they've hosted at home since like 2011. Okay. Um, fun stat there. Oh yeah. Thanks, Nevada Sportsnet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're playing really well. Another dude, uh, Tony Gill, who's been playing. He's been finishing kind of two and three, uh, throughout the first couple tournaments on the team. He's been shooting under par. I think the last tournament he shot two under, if I'm not mistaken, and was like tied for 24th. Another dude to look out there for, a senior, so competing in his last year in um, the golf circuit here. But, yeah, men's golf really stepping up, really playing well early in the season. I think they got a good shot against Oregon State today because it is our home course and because we play it all the time and we know it so well. Uh, Montreux, beautiful golf course. Again, if you're listening, I would love to, you know, just, you know, maybe play around, maybe two. Uh, just let me know. Don't get greedy, all right? DMs are always open. Um, but yeah, obviously we love to see them doing well. And yeah, I mean, we got a bunch of good sports right now. We got volleyball playing really well. We have golf playing really well and we have football playing really well. So it's really good time to be a Nevada Wolfpack fan. Uh, you know, whatever sport you're rooting for right now. Yep. It is a very good time to be a Wolfpack fan. We'll see at the end of the year, see who is the most successful team between volleyball and men's golf, but they are vying for it right now. They're both doing really well. And last but definitely not least, we have our Pack Player of the Week. And we had a little bit more activity on our tweets this yep. week. We had uh, 40 votes instead of, what was it, 15, 15 yeah. last we're week. Moving, so we're, we're moving in the right direction here. Moving in the right direction. We had a lot of input on this one. It was between Christian Solano, Kayla Afoa, and Sam Meek. If you guys remember, Sam Meek had his top five finish at the Husky Invitational Kayla Afoa had 20 kills and 14 digs and was named the MVP of the tournament for volleyball. And then Christian Solano, of course, you know what he did. 19 for 22, 182 passing yards, 100 rushing yards, and two TDs. This one, it was less close than I thought it would be. Yes, I agree. One person kind of ran away with it. And the winner of Week 2, Pack Player of the Week, is... Christian Solano yeah, with 64% of the votes going his way. Kayla Foa was behind him with 33% of the votes, and Sam Meek got 3%. So an ultimately great week for PAC Sports. Christian Solano, shout out to you for being our PAC Player of the Week. Do you have any last thoughts before we wrap this episode up? Not really. Congrats to Christian. Um Definitely deserved it. Definitely deserved it the way he stepped up in in that role and played very well. Also, another two very deserving candidates. I think my vote would have went to Kayla. Me too. I think she is just doing something really special right now, and if she can keep it up, it's going to be amazing. And, you know, the volleyball is going to do great things. 
Um, but yeah, it's a good week for Pack, and then let's hope for another good week. Oh yeah, it's gonna be another good week. Stay tuned Friday morning for our preview of Hawaii, plus touching on some other sports as well. Thank you guys for listening, giving us your time, and go Pack.